Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And welcome to the kickoff show. Larry Kruger, Lo Neal, Harris Ranch Beef, Jim Beam. Lowe's got the Harris Ranch yes. beef hat yes. rolling. I rock, I rock with Harris, baby. <laughs> I rock, I roll with those guys. Their tomahawk, Harris Ranch beef, man, is ah. Oh. There Legendary. you go. There you go. If you're cruising down the five and you're in Colinga. There you go, baby. You know you're at Harris Ranch. All right. Let's go to the guest line. JD joins us. John Dickinson, who does a bang up job covering the 49ers throughout the year for 95-7 the game. JD, uh, thanks for the time. I'm looking at the inactive list. It's out. Trent Williams, Ty Davis Price, Tyler Croft on the offensive side, Tarvarius Moore. And then the two most interesting names, both Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead, are out. So it's a day to step up for Kevin Givens and Aston Ridgeway and maybe even even Akeem Spence in the middle of that 49er defensive front. Yeah, it really is, guys, and, and, and thanks for having me. And it, it's been nice this morning, not on the trip to, to Charlotte or Atlanta, back on the road uh, with the Niners later on in the year, but to kind of look around and, and watch some of the other games across the league and just try and get a feel for where the 49ers stack up. Uh, as, as far as the injuries and the inactives, I'm not surprised, and, and look, I know Javon Kinlaw said that, that he continues to have issues with this fluid buildup in the knee, although there's no soreness, and, and it takes a time, and there's a process to to getting it drained. And look, this is just a, an issue that's going to be lingering, I, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but probably for, for the remainder of his career, even mm-hmm. as, as young a player as he is. And I know Eric Armstead had the, the plantar fasciitis in the one foot, and then something happened with the other foot, and that's keeping him out. The, the one thing I know with the two games on the turf over the course of the next couple of weeks, the Niners don't want to mess around with anybody that's got some kind of a knee or, or a foot or, or, or even a hamstring or anything like that on that turf. The Niners have really been burned by games on the turf, and, and the Panthers switched, I think it was last year, from grass to turf. And uh, you just don't want to mess around with it, which I think also, guys, plays into Jimmy Ward coming back, Jason Verrett coming back. Those guys are going to be active and see some action today, but I'm, I'm really curious to see just how much on that field turf in Charlotte. So when we say, where is the beef? So where is the beef in the D? So what do you look at when you talk about this defensive front, how stout they were against the Rams? What are you looking for to make sure that they can stay with consistency this week to try to keep adding to the fire? Well, it's the depth. I mean, Larry mentioned the, you know, some of the names as far as the guys, you know, that are going to be stepping up and have stepped up. I mean, Givens has been tremendous in the early going this year. You get Ridgeway with a sack against the Rams, and, and Akeem Spence can get in there and, and, and clog up the middle as well. And you still got plenty of depth on the outside to get to the quarterback. And I, I think this is a game where you want to be able to, to stop the run. But this is the kind of game, guys, where the 49ers should be able to, to win it based on their defense. Baker Mayfield's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. The Panthers' wide receivers have struggled. The 49ers getting added depth in the secondary, as we just mentioned, and and turnovers have really wrecked the Carolina Panthers' offense. Yeah, they still have Christian McCaffrey, uh, 
and they still have been an above-average defensive team in their own right, but the 49ers with the number one defense, I mean, this is the kind of game to me where you, you worry a little bit potentially about the Panthers being able to run the football on the interior, uh, but that's something you always worry about with the Niners. I think you can stop that. You can force Baker Mayfield into some turnovers, and the turnover's finally there for the 49ers against the Rams, which helped help flip that game in, in, in their favor and, and turn it into a, a semi, semi-blowout, although nobody was feeling that way when it was a one-possession game with six and a half minutes to go. You know, it's so interesting to me is can Jalen Moore handle Brian Burns? I mean, I, I thought Moore was horrible in the game against Denver. Then he kind of rebounded against the Rams. And I don't know if he rebounded as much as Jimmy got it out in 2.4 seconds pretty consistently. And they kind of protected their line. But what are you expecting to see as far as Shanahan's offensive game plan, J.D.? Is he going to is he gonna stay with that short passing game that he utilized against the Rams? Or is he going to go back to the 55-45% you know, run-pass ratio that we saw in weeks 1, 2, and 3? I think he's going to come out and look to pass it to set up the run and get it out quick and bring a little bit of help to Jalen Moore. I, I agree with you. I thought Jalen Moore played pretty well, and that was that was something I circled. I know we were pretty close to each other in the press box at, at Levi's on Monday, and when McKivitz went out and they had to put Jalen Moore in the game, at that point, the game was still very much in question. And you're thinking, uh-oh, if, if the Rams can, can all of a sudden start – obliterating that 49ers offensive line from from the left tackle spot they could maybe force a turnover or flip the game in their favor when it was kind of hanging there in the balance before Hufunga had the the pick six that that essentially ended it but I I thought Jalen Moore was was impressive Uh, and and impressive in that there were no mistakes I mean they they had to rip him off the field in Denver it it was so bad and I I think everybody was kind of wondering well why was he even in the game ahead of McKivitz I know Shanahan explained it because McKivitz had been a little bit banged up but but I think that is the biggest area of vulnerability going into this game for the 49ers without a doubt but no I I think it's short passes I think it's passing to set up the run and then try and come back to the run as the game goes on hopefully as you're building the lead because the Panthers are, are snuffed out themselves on offense when they have the football. J.D., you look at the Rams and you and I, we kind of talked about their team and, you know, they can get after you when they're up from a lead. They're finesse type of defense. You know, they got a guy over there who we know Aaron Donald can get after the passer when they're playing from in front. But when they're talking about just being a physical scene, that Buffalo was just able to manhandle physical teams. They don't necessarily hold up. Compare and contrast Carolina's front and what Carolina does is they're different type of defense than the Niners? I mean, than, than the Rams? Compare it's kind of the matchup that you think that we're going to see here today. Yeah, no, they've been a, they've been a solid defense and a defense that, that's helped them stay in games and, and, and get back into games. But the thing that I keep coming back to is you got to be able to get the ball out quickly. You got to be able to run the football. I think you got to be able to, to give extra help to Jalen Moore. I mean, I think Larry's all over it when he mentions the Burns matchup because that, that's the one thing that can wreck this for the 49ers if he's getting loose and Garoppolo's hurried and, and you know, the bad Garoppolo game, right? The, the bad Shanahan Garoppolo out of sync game where it's, where it's turnovers, where it's, you know, the, the strip sack and a short field and, and the Panthers are able to punch it in and then the 49ers have to play from behind. You don't want to be in a position where you got to play from behind. You want to be in a position where, you know, the Niners did a nice job of, of much more, I thought, getting in third and manageable right, type situations right. than they had in, in other games where, where teams could, could pin their ears back and, and, and get loose on them. I think that becomes a, a big key in this game. And just, just play the play the game from a from a position of advantage uh, going on the road against a team that's it, it's been ugly. I mean, I know you guys know it. It was ugly last week, but in, in the fourth quarter and in the second half against Arizona, but they were, the Panthers, for as bad as they were, were right there in that game with a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. You you want to look up if you're the 49ers and not have this be one of those games where and the two road games have been in lockstep with it. You look up in the fourth quarter, you're thinking, how is this team not 
ahead ahead or ahead by more and then the fourth quarters in both of these road games have just been disastrous so to me if there's been one theme through the first two games and the Niners coming in 0-2 on the road it's it's get the game in control by the fourth quarter where a crazy play here or there can't happen and, and wind up being the reason that, that you take an L no, no excuses today frankly and really no excuses next week yeah, I mean, it's the NFL, so anybody can beat you if you turn the ball over, you know, or commit a ton of penalties. Uh, we saw the 49ers already lose a couple of games. Week one, they lost because of penalties. Week three, they lost because of turnovers. I want to ask you about George Kittle. I mean, if you go back to last year, he had a three-game stretch late in the year where he was awesome. He really was. But in the eight games... Since then, he's been pretty mediocre. He's got 21 catches over his last eight games for 220 yards. Is it as simple as, man, he's so valuable as an inline blocker in the run game that he doesn't get out in the patterns very much? Is there something that you've noticed that uh, you know could point the finger at why Kittle is not quite the receiving threat, or at least production-wise, he hasn't been the receiving threat over the last you know, handful of games as we've seen prior, prior to that. Yeah, I, I do think that's part of it. I also think teams do make an attempt to, to make sure that, that he's not the guy that, that beats him, you know, to a certain extent. It's Debo, and it turned into Debo more in, in the running game and everything the 49ers are trying to do on that front. That, that becomes, I think, the, the, the main thing on the, on the bulletin board, at least it did as last season went on. But Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target has always been George Kittle, and I think teams try and take it away believing that if they do take it away, Garoppolo has a much more difficult time throwing the football to wide receivers and throwing the football outside the numbers. I think a lot of it is if you can get the ball out of Kittle's hands and, and from Garoppolo, you know, taking some of those design plays that are that are easy gains to him and letting him, you know, bulldoze a couple of people for, for big gains, it, it makes Jimmy Garoppolo a much weaker quarterback. So I think that's part of it. I also think the 49ers run game has been other than the Debo Samuel plays, it's just been so up and down and there's been so many running backs banged up and they've had so many offensive line issues with with tackles that, that he has become a much bigger force in the running game than, than maybe he is, it has been even before. It's, it, there, there's times where you look out on the field or you go back and you watch the game, fellas, where you think, man, is he... Is he a tight end or is he is he a uh, a third offensive tackle out there right. line, you know, lined up lined up to help protect and, and get the run game in order? With that with that being said, JD, when you when you just looking at schemes and, and teams and I, I, I look no further than Kansas City, there's a guy by the name of you know Kelsey, and you look at him and George Kittle and you think about those guys how dominant of a tight ends they are. What you what about schemes? Is it what, what is it? Because you see Kansas City, they're able to get the ball to Kelsey, no matter what teams do, and they understand he's a focal point. And is Kittle that type of a weapon, or could he be that type of a weapon for the 49ers? I think he could be if they didn't have to if they didn't have to leave him in to run block as much. I mean that I, I think the Chiefs are able to block and the Chiefs have more threats around the field and, and look a lot of that's Mahomes and in, in years past it's been Tyree Kill stretching the defense and they don't have Tyree Kill obviously anymore. But but when you've watched them play, I mean Andy Reid, I know Kyle Shanahan gets the credit for being the, the creative mind, but and, and this is not meant to be a, a slam on Shanahan. It, if, if anything, it's meant to be more to praise Andy Reid. Andy Reid is 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 creating space for everybody on the field in in a way that Kyle Shanahan just isn't. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, creative play designer, and all of that. It's it's true, but it's it's in a different way. It really is. It's in the way. It's in a means to come back to running the football a lot and being really physical. And, and setting up play action where Andy Reid is, is out there trying to get guys in space to make big plays. Oh, and he's not afraid to throw it and keep throwing it and throwing it some more. And then you mix in a little bit of Edward Hilaire. But th- to me, the space is just there. And uh, they also have a, a big-time quarterback as well that I think can, can get them get the ball <laughs> and get the ball out and make some plays that, that helps keep the keep, – 
keep the defense honest on a different level. Sure. J.D., uh, Carolina's run D last week against uh, Arizona was pretty good. I mean, gave up 3.6 a carry. They've only given up 4.1 a carry to running backs this season. Um, and you look at the Niners' run game, you know, they're, they're, they're leaning heavily on Jeff Wilson. Wilson had 18 of the 22 carries last week against the Rams. He had 12 of the 19 carries in Denver against the Broncos. How much do you think we'll see Jordan Mason or Tevin Coleman today? Marlon Mack, by the way, is inactive, as is Ty Davis-Price. Do you think it's going to be the Jeff Wilson show for a third third week in a row? Or yeah. will we see Jordan Mason? Will we see Tevin Coleman who's in his second stint with the Niners? I keep waiting for for them to unleash Jordan Mason and and I'm trying I'm having a hard time understanding why they haven't. It makes me makes me wonder if maybe he's had problems at practice hanging onto the rock or there there's there's something going on there where there isn't a full trust uh, or maybe it's just a scenario where Shanahan's saving him like he knows the defense is going to start playing uh, Wilson a certain way and he's got Coleman to kind of bang it in there and then and then he's you know you're always game planning not just for that week but but for the counters that other teams are going to lay on you for for later on in, in the season and you want to maybe have a guy like that in your in your back pocket rather than letting everybody see him immediately but I think to this point until further notice guys I do think it's it's probably the Jeff Wilson show with a little bit of Tevin Coleman <laughs> we all know Shanahan likes him to, to to spell Wilson and then and then we'll see if if Mason gets out there but it is a little peculiar because he has appeared to be so effective when he got opportunities in the preseason even that that one seven yard run that he broke off a couple of games back when he got an opportunity there's an, an explosiveness to him that is just very different a shiftiness an ability to cut back to him that that is different from from those other two running backs to be sure but but for now it just seems like there's a trust in the in more of the power game of a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. With that being said JD what scares you or what's one of your concerns going into a game today for the Niners offensively and defensively just kind of give us a you know a, you know that 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 look that view do you say man if this could happen what Carolina could do offensively defensively that would that would give you some reason for concern yeah, if Carolina can run the ball a little bit on the interior, that would concern me. But but I think the 49ers should be able to to snuff that out. I mean, McCaffrey's always the dude that's a, that, that's a playmaker there. But Baker Mayfield's a turnover factory. I mean, he really is. I mean, I, I just think this is the kind of game I'll come back to. It. The Niners should be able to win defensively. They should be able to dominate. And the, one of those games where the Panthers have a tough time getting double digits, frankly, or any more than, than 13, and that should be good enough for your offense to, to get the win. Uh, to me, it, it's, it's that more Burns matchup that could be problematic. It's Garoppolo turning the football over, maybe making a play that allows uh, the, the Panthers an, you know, an extra seven uh, and, and gives them some confidence to where they can, they can hang in the game. I, I always kind of bookmark the, the short week component especially short week and then going east i thought the schedule makers did the niners a favor putting this game in the late window i'd be a little more worried about this game if it was in the in the 10 a.m window and we had been talking three hours ago uh, about what what's to ahead but the niners have also handled these east coast double trips uh, just exceptionally with the the seven and one record in the four trips that they've had over the last three years spanning the eight games and they've never lost the second game so uh, the Niners have been really good at handling this and I think this sets up to be not only another win this week but a couple of wins to where they're looking at a, at a four and two showdown against Kansas City two weeks from today. JD uh, last one I got for you is this a historically great Niner defense or is it just a hot start? I don't think we know that yet. I, I've been pretty pretty steady in, in saying that this week. I know that's the, the topic du jour around the station and, and, and maybe around the league to, to a certain extent. I, I think it has the potential to be, but the turnovers are going to have to be a part of it the way that they were a part of it in the game against the Rams. Like, it's, it's the... the game-winning plays, it, and because that's the kind of thing where you look at the Denver game and the defense is, is dominant, but they give up the one drive. You look at the Bears game, it's dominant, but they have two big-time breakdowns that lead to touchdowns, and you wind up losing that game because of it. Now you fast-forward to the Rams game, and it's 
hey, the game's in the hands of the defense, and Hufunga takes one to the to the house to to end the game. It's turnovers. It's turnovers for points, and it's not breaking down at the end of the game, despite the the position that the offense may have put him in, uh, vulnerable to to have it happen to him. A uh, little early for me. I think it has the potential to be though, but it's it's got to continue down the. Yeah, you're you're giving up. 10 to 12 points a game uh, on average, but you're also forcing turnovers that lead to a hell of a lot of wins that are ultimately going to tell the story. But I think it's, it's again, set up to, to continue down that path today, given all the problems that the Panthers offense have had with turnovers and just how dominant the 49ers defense has been in terms of you know, yards and, and points per possession and three and outs and all of that. I mean, the Niners have been just exceptional in, in, in all aspects. Good stuff, J.D. Uh, always uh, love your breakdown. Give, give us a give us a score. Seventeen looks like the key number. I'm looking at this. The Panthers are one and twenty six under Matt Rule when their opponent scores seventeen or more. They are ten and zero when they allow their opponent seventeen points or less. The Niners, I think, are averaging eighteen points a game, which is like twenty seventh in the league. Not great. Uh, but they're allowing so few points. I think eleven or something like that. Uh, but what do you? What's your final score prediction for today? Yeah, I got the Niners winning this one, twenty-three to six. So I think they wow. get maybe maybe twenty-three thirteen. Panthers sneak in a a late touchdown to make it twenty-three thirteen. But I I think this game hangs in the in the 14 to 3 17 to 6 range and then the Niners maybe add one on late uh, or get a couple of field goals to to pad the lead out i i, I think yeah Niners 20 i'm going to say 23 6 Niners in complete control and it gets ugly in Charlotte 23 6 JD's good. Low. JD's going blowout. I love JD. JD. He. JD's pretty good at that, though. He's pretty good at this guessing game. But you know, <laughs> they got the defense, like JD's alluding to. JD, I'm with you, man. That defense is going to play big today. They have to, and hopefully, offense just continues, just continue to show some consistency. I, I, you guys got me to flip my pick. I was on Denver all all week a couple of weeks ago, and then talking to you guys <laughs> from Denver, I flipped that pick. But you guys know I was worried. I even texted Larry after. I'm like, this is not. I don't love this game for the Niners, and yeah, wound up being wound up being bad. Uh, but no, I think I think they'll be in control of this one today. JD, enjoy uh, enjoy week five on the couch. Enjoy the couch experience, and uh, and we'll talk to you. I'm sure this week. Yeah, sounds good. John Dickinson checking guy. in, giving us his thoughts on Niners Panthers, which kicks off at one oh five. So we got a little bit over a half hour to go. Let's run down some scores. There are eight games going on inside the morning window here. I sound like uh, the guy from. Yeah, I love the, it. Uh, I love it though. My, Don't stop. My kid. My kid will <laughs> say to me, "Dad, it's almost the witching hour. Right, it's the right. witching hour." <laughs> All right. So the Bills are destroying the Steelers in Buffalo. It's thirty-one-three. Bills, a uh, game that Low Neal has. How about this one? Browns, Chargers. The Chargers are just constantly proving that they're not. I took not, the over. It's 49. It's, well, you're, you're, you're winning then because it's 28 27. 28 27. So would you say 49? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're good. I'm a good. You're good there. So 28 27 Browns, end of the third quarter. So still a quarter to play there. How about this little revelation? The Vikings got up big on the Bears. I think it was 21 to 3, maybe yeah. 21 yeah. to 10. It is now 22 21 Bears. Whoa. With 826 left in the fourth quarter the in Minneapolis. Patriots are destroying the Lions 26 to nothing behind uh, Zappy. Bailey's playing, baby. Dude, Bailey Zappy, 16 of 19, 165 yards and a touchdown. Very efficient. Ramondre Stevenson has busted 100 yards on the ground, and the Patriots look like they're going to get their second one of the year. Uh, they're at home, they're up 26 nothing. Saints up 24 19 on the Seahawks. Uh, interesting game there. Geno Smith is 11 of 18 or 11 of 19, 188 yards, two touchdowns in that one. DK Metcalf has scored. Uh, Dolphins, Jets. And this is another one, Lo, we yeah. were watching earlier. Jets were up big on big. the Dolphins. Yeah. It's now 1917. Uh, Jets 
over the Dolphins with about the fourth quarter just underway. Raheem Mostert having a big day for the Dolphins. 17 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Wilson's 11 of 18 for 165. Uh, one of those receptions was a 78-yard uh, pitch and catch to Brees Hall. So the Dolphins, though, are coming back, and they've got the ball late or early fourth quarter down to 19-17. Bucks up 21-0, 21-6 now. No. Uh, looks like on the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Tom Brady has thrown for over 300 yards and a touchdown in that one. Uh, Leonard Fournette has 10 catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. End of the third quarter in uh, Maryland. And the Commanders losing to the Titans. That's 21-17. Derrick Henry has scored twice on the ground for Tennessee. Carson Wentz has thrown for a couple touchdowns. Tennessee up 21-17. And the Texans-Jaguars snoozer 6-6 with 8-27 left to play in the fourth quarter. If you have uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's thrown for 224 and and an interception. Damian Pierce, the rookie out of Florida, 18 carries for 72 yards. And uh, Jones, the former Cal Bear receiver, Marvin Jones, four catches for 76 yards. Now, the afternoon window is going to be Cowboys-Rams, Eagles-Cardinals. The Sunday nighter is Bengals-Ravens. And, of course, getting things rolling today, the Giants knocked off the Packers 27-22. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Niner offense against this Carolina defense. Is this going to be a huge day for Debo Samuel? It's somewhat of a homecoming for Debo, who's from Inman, South Carolina, about 80 miles away from Charlotte. And then we'll talk about the keys to victory. We'll also take one more look around the NFL on some of these morning games before we call it quits. But up next, we'll talk a little bit about the Niners on the offensive side of the ball. It's the kickoff show. Low Neal and Larry Kruger on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. Well, we'll keep things rolling on the kickoff show. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal Sunday as we uh, get you ready for a week five tilt in Charlotte between the 49ers and the Carolina Panthers. We're brought to you by Jim Beam and Harris Ranch Beef. Um, Larry Kruger and Lo Neal, and you can, we're streaming on YouTube and Twitch. And of course, you're catching us on 95.7 The Game. I'm sitting here with the 16 year vet, the all pro fullback. And I was just telling Lo at the, at the commercial break, Lo's got some serious guns going right now, man. Seriously, you can throw around those weights. <laughs> hey, Larry, trying to keep up with you, man. You know, damn, they're damn. still there. I got to keep working them, Larry. I'm I'm getting ready to get serious. I, this this New Year resolution, I'm going to 
I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to turn back the clock. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to pick six. Krasuski over there, man. <laughs> you're, you know, Low still benches four plates or no four four bills. Yeah, that's yeah, that's four plates. That's four that's, plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah four is four or five. So, man, if I I, I was just saying, I've, I you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a two plate guy at at most. I mean, I used to be able to push around two seventy five. Good lift though, Larry. That's man, good. Two seventy five is good. But I, just, I ain't doing two seventy five anymore. I'm doing two and a quarter now. Two and a quarter is good. So what I do is I get in the gym and I go. I'll I'll do one forty five. For 50 reps. Then I'll go 185. I'll do 25. Then I'll go 205, get 25 in. Then I'll go 225. I'll try to do it. Um, You'll go 25 reps at 205? Oh, yeah. I mean, on my best day, I could do 225 41 times. 41, 42. What'd you do at the combine? I, you know what? I did. Th- I, at the combines, um, only did, only seriously, only did 29, but I wrestled the that night was, before. That had to be the record no, 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 for no, the running backs no, that I, year, no? But then I went there. Then the Kansas City came out and trained me. I did another one, and I did it 38 times. I wrestled against Oklahoma on a Friday. I flew on a plane, so then I was trying to get to the airport to go fly out to go to the combines. My wrestling coach wanted me to wrestle. I freaking go to overtime. I win. I have to carry me off the mat. I freaking have my clothes in the car. My wrestling coach, so I did both sports like a stupid idiot. I freaking get to the airport. The plane's delayed. So I take a red eye out, have to travel all night to get to the combines. Freaking get to the room, check in, freaking Right to physicals and all this stuff. No sleep. I performed so bad at the combines. Dude, I came back. My co- wrestling coach, Dennis Toledo, true story. He's at the airport waiting for me. I just pretty much walk right by him. I didn't want to talk. <laughs> you were pissed. Of course. Did you get any stupid questions from the scouts? Yeah, of course. You know. Can you any that you can remember? Uh, you know what? No. I mean, it's it's always pretty crazy. It, some of the some of the questioning to try to push you. Your you know what. You know, I, the stuff I really, with Des Bryant about his mom was yeah. just crossing a line. Yeah, I had nothing about my mom like that. I was like, dude, I'd have looked at him like, dude, are you kidding me? No, it's just I did this that that one the fight that score you have to do. It's just really weird that the one that the the, the Wonder Lake, the Wonder Lake. I just don't think it's uh, some of the oh, stuff. Come is on, just, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't transfer. No, I mean Dan Marino had like an eleven. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty damn good. You think <laughs> he's pretty damn good? I think the record <laughs> is Alex Smith, and he, Alex Smith was exceptionally bright. He bright. Guy. But, but see now it's the other night at the Niner game, man. I was hung out. We've seen his wife. I know him really well. It's great to see him, man. He's doing some stuff for ESPN. So yeah, love Alex Smith. Are you guy. still? Are you still? Th- are, you, are you deadlifting and squatting and the whole deal? I, I do. But my, my nephew, his name is Tyler, and he was at Fresno City. So I, I try you to live work with your kid, right? Yeah, I try to stay on top of him. Let's go. So we run hills still. I still get it in now. Damn. I got that. That's what it's about, Larry. You know, damn man. Just in case he tries Fit- me, I got to make sure I can still drop him. <laughs> Fitness for life. Fitness for life. Fit for life. You know, I, they always say the, the the baddest man in an NFL locker room is the two gap tackle because right. you know you win bar fights from the elbow to the fingertips, sure. and sure. those guys can just oh yeah. The whole job of being right. a two gap tackle is to engage that offensive lineman, read your block, read where the running back is, Shed throw him, yes, throw him yes. away, and. And, and go get the running back. That's like your. That, those are your barroom brawl muscles, no right? I mean, no question. You show me a D tackle. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it Bryant Young's talking trash? You might just want to take it. You right. know what I mean? Because right. no, uh, no, no, no he, question. He'll, he'll ragdoll you. And that's what. That's what I, I. That's what I put a lot of my stock in was wrestling. To be able to wrestle, you read. You know, Chuck Liddell. I always love the wrestling oh, background. No always question. loved it. That, that, I was. It was leverage. Guy, it's leverage. There wasn't a guy that I believed that I couldn't take down. Yeah, and there was no football player in the NFL. If you say when I was in my prime, I don't think there was a football player in the league could handle me. Well, and, because and also all American, the, I was a guy. I'm like, dude. And it's also football's about playing the game on your leverage. feet. Leverage, yes. And you got to be on your feet, right? Too, whether you're offense or defense, and uh, wrestlers can stay on their feet. All right, let's let's talk Ooh. a little bit about some keys to victory today for the 49ers. Um, you know, first of all, the Carolina Panthers inactive list is out as well. And Rashard Higgins and LaVisca Chenault are on there. So expect a lot, a heavy dose of Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. You're also going to see Terrace Marshall, the uh, the young wide receiver from LSU. Hasn't quite gotten his career on track yet. Um, and then on the other side, their leading tackler, Frankie Louvu, the middle backer, uh, who was so strong last week against Arizona, he's inactive, as is Xavier Woods. Mm. So, you know, that that's going to be interesting to see, you know, if uh, Damian Wilson or Sam Franklin or Sean Chandler or one of these backup safeties, who's going to be the conflict defender that uh, Kyle Shanahan picks on 
in uh, in pass coverage today. I think that's going to be interesting. I think it's also going to be interesting to see, is Carolina going to put J.C. Horn, who mans that right cornerback spot, they going to put him on Debo all day or and, and follow him from side to side? Are they going to keep J.C. Horn at right corner and just kind of take their chances? That will be kind of interesting to see. This is a big game for Debo, by the way. Uh, he grew up 80 miles east of Charlotte in Inman, South Carolina. Debo was a monster against the Rams last week. What are you expecting? What are give me some keys to victory on either side of the ball? Well, I think big offensively, you got to show, like you said, getting that continuity going again. It's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily be a pound ground and pound. That identity's gone. I think it's got to be like you said, show me some game flow, show me some consistency, some rhythm, some rhythm. I think that's what I want to see. I want to see how quick this offense can get in rhythm, run, pass, mixing up, screen, draw, just that rhythm where they're moving the ball collectively down the field. Want to see that? I don't see this offensive line continue continue to get better because you don't have the same offensive line. A lot of guys are injured, guys in and out of lineup. But the way that they played against the Rams, they held their own. I want to see if they can be consistent on the road against a dangerous Carolina team, a team that's going to try anything. So I think offensive line play is going to be big. And I think being able to run the ball, being able to stay on the, with the rhythm, and, and just winning on first and second down. Stay ahead of the sticks. I thought they did a massive job, Shanahan, last week, Larry, against the Rams, getting in third and manageable. They were in a lot of third and manageable, so they were able to keep the keep sustained drives, keep the clock moving. And so that's going to be big for me offensively. To me, offensively, run the ball. Run the ball. Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, Jordan Mason, maybe even a little Tevin Coleman. Run the ball. Run the ball. Take care of the football. Yeah. You know, that's the other one. Take, Take care, care of, of the football. Um, you know, the, the second half offense hasn't been there, but I, I think it's too small of a sample size to really draw any real conclusions about what the Niners aren't doing offensively in the second half. I just think it's it's kind of a small sample size. But to me, it's it's share it, it, it's take care of the football. It's keep Jimmy in a rhythm. Get the ball out fast. Acknowledge that you have Jalen Moore against Brian Burns and acknowledge the fact that Burns is going to probably beat Jalen Moore. I think an interesting aspect of last week's game is, you know, Spencer Burford was getting taken to the woodshed in the first half by Aaron Donald. I don't know how much right. you rolled that tape back and forth. Yeah. Donald beat him one Spe- time low right. with quickness, just pure Speed. quickness out right. of his out of his stance. Another time Burford came out of his stance is absolutely staring Donald down. Just yeah. and 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 just he he whiffed. Blink and he's gone. Well, no, no, he 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 combo blocked Brendel's guy and let Donald have a free run at Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Garoppolo's only incompletion in his first like seven or eight passes. So that's a mental breakdown by right. Burford. Right. And they pulled Burford off the field. They brought in Daniel Brunskill. I wanted to ask you about this because to me this is interesting. They're going with the kids. Banks is playing outstanding ball at left guard. Burford also has his highlights at right guard, but he's had some moments. Inconsistency. Like, inconsistency. And a lot of it, he's just, you know. Mental breakdown. Mental breakdowns. Laps here, laps there. Yeah. yeah. The big when spectrum. you jumped into the league out of Fresno, did, was there a veteran fullback that you shared time with? Because I think it's, I like what the Niners are doing. They're going with Banks. They're going with Burford. They're starting those guys, and they're continuing to start them. But if they have rough spots in the middle of the game, here comes Brunskill for a series or two. Slow the treadmill down I love it. for the rookie I love it. mentally and physically. Let him watch. Let him watch a series, maybe two. Did you ever, How did? do you remember how you shared time as a fullback sure. as a rookie? Sure. I, I think it's great that Kyle Shanahan and the offensive line understands that they say, look, if one of these guys struggle, pull him, let him look at it, watch it with you and say, okay, you ready to go again? Yeah, because now you don't keep them in the fire. Now they won't go out there and they'll see someone having watching Brumfield having success. So now like, okay, I know that I'm better. I know that I can do this. So it does give you that cool, calm, collective reasoning when you go back on the field. So I think that's great. And when you ask me, alluded to, what have I witnessed growing up and playing? You know, it was guy Brad Muster. You remember Brad Muster yes. from Chicago Bears? Big, big tall, ran up right. Stanford kid, right? Yeah. So Brad Muster goes to the goes to the, the Saints, and I, I get drafted, and I'm backing him up. He was a good guy. That was a good leader. That was a good person for me because a lot of guys don't want to help, don't want to show you what to do. He was absolutely a brilliant, smart guy, Stanford kid, showing me how to line up, knowing where to go, telling me the different nuances of the offense. So I had a really, really, really good teacher in Brad Muster who was knew that I was good, 
and, and, and took me under his wing and didn't even, wasn't one of those guys that, like, I'm not going to help you because I know you're going to take my spot. Yeah. But Brad Muster was freaking phenomenal. Great, great mentor for me. And did they pull, occasionally take you off the field and throw oh, Muster yeah, out there? And absolutely. what did it do for you to be able to Just, watch some reps from a veteran who's a pretty heady veteran? You guys are different kind of players. Oh, he yeah. ran upright. Right. He was a halfback at, at oh, Stanford. Yeah. But but you were you ran with great leverage, more of a, a clear you out blocker. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, different players. But was, did it benefit you to watch? It did because he was just trying to teach me the patience, the nuance of the game. He said, Lorenzo, you're stronger than me, and all these different things. But here's what I do. So he showed me how he's positioned himself. And when I came in the league, by the way, Larry, I was a hell of a runner. I was leading the league in Russia. I mean, you're talking about your boy. I got to give send you some of my highlights, dude. I, I mean, remember I watching you against SC. Yeah, I was your in boy. College. Yes, your boy was. Didn't you guys? Pull the upset? Pull the upset. MVP of the Freedom Bowl, baby. We slapped that C around. But no, so Braddy was that guy, you know, just the patience through the whole head to get there. So, yes, that is a calming factor. So it's great that the Niners have some guys that are not great starters, and then your backups are not great. So they collectively, they all feel good when they go in the game. They know that they can provide a service for this offense. Yeah, so offensively, run the ball, take care of the football, get Jimmy in another rhythm. And if that means short passes, that's short passes. I'd love to see Kittle uh, touch the ball early as a receiver. Just to, Me too. He hasn't really gotten it going. I'd like to see IU kind of run. You know, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Ayuk on some some of the same stuff that they use for Debo. I'd like to see Ayuk touch the ball. Now let's flip the card and talk about the defense. I think you got to rush Baker Mayfield. I think you got to get your hands up. You got to bat down some passes against him. You're probably going to get Jimmy Ward back for some period of time. You got to hope Greenlaw keeps playing like the incredible player he is. I think you got to take good angles on McCaffrey, especially in the screen game. Yeah. You can't let a screen pass to McCaffrey go for 80 yards and change field position. They only need one or two of those kinds of plays to even this game. Uh, to me, tackling, wrapping him up on those screen passes, reading the screen passes, avoiding the big play on the screen is going to be absolutely huge. Yeah, you got to heat him up, though, like you just alluded to. You got to heat Baker up. Baker's going to look to run at times, and I think this team's going to get after him. And you love it. I love when I watch, you know, we got a little guy on our team, Nicky Bosa. I love him, him and ba Baker. They got a little something going right. Remember, you remember Bosa? Baker. <laughs> exactly. And he wabs the flag and he, you know, emulates what Baker did to him. So it's great. So you're, he's going to be after him. These two guys don't necessarily, it's good though that they don't necessarily like each other in that aspect on the field. So I, I want to see this defense heat him up, get after him, make this team one dimensional. You don't want, you don't want McCaffrey on the road. You don't want McCaffrey playing high at home. You want to make sure. Kind of nullify him. Take that guy and say, look, we got to put an X on him and let's X him out of the game. Let's not make this guy a threat. And then let someone else try to beat you. So I want to see the defense get after you. Hit Baker. Keep him in the pocket because at times he can hurt you a little bit with his legs. So I want to see him keep in the pocket, knock down some balls, and play, get him but some coverages. I want to see some four or some eight. I think he's going to throw two interceptions. Right now, I, I, I'd go out, Larry, I think that – this defense can get two turnovers, two yeah. interceptions. No, I agree. I agree. Force turnovers. Carolina will turn it over. Uh, the interesting thing about the Carolina defense, they only have six sacks. Burns has three of the six himself. And obviously, we already talked about Burns against Jalen Moore. And if you got to give Jalen Moore a breather from time to time, then do that. You know, more it's it's Burns who might be their best defensive player against your third string defense uh, left tackle, and so that's going to be a key matchup. And then I, I would say on special teams, Ray Ray McLeod got got to hold on to the ball. He had six fumbles last year with the Steelers. Fumbled last week. Uh, you got he's got to take care of the football. And then um, expect the fake punt. Expect the fake field goal. Expect the onside kick. This is the number one defense in pro football against the worst offense in pro. football. Football. So, and Matt Rule coaching for his gig. So yeah. he's going to let it all hang out. And I would expect him, if he if he's smart, and I think he probably is, that they know they're outgunned. 
Um, And so they're probably going to try to steal a possession at some point today. And does that mean it's a fake punt? Look for it. That means it's a fake foot field goal? Look for it. Uh, Look for the onside kick. To me, I would say there's a very good chance that Carolina tries to steal a possession. i got to ask you one question because this is also interesting to me is that the 49ers are staying on the road after this game. Uh, so this is a 10-day stay from you know going back east. They're going to head to the Greenbrier in West Virginia, and they're going to practice there before the Atlanta game in Week Six next week. And the Niners have done this kind of trip. Um, the three, you know, the 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 last three seasons, they did it twice in 2019. They're seven and one in those games. How much of a hindrance is it to? Because you've been on a bunch of teams, but you've been on West Coast teams to travel. How much does that take out of you? What do you? Because to me, it seems like a, it seems like a team bonding exercise. Uh, anytime you know, when they're at home, they're at home with their parent, their their wives and their girlfriends and their families and that right, kind of thing. Right. When they're in the hotel, they're actually getting a chance to bond. I like the I fact love that the Niners are staying over in West Virginia. What what do you think about the travel for the West Coast teams? I, I love the way that the Cal Shanahan does that every year. He's masterful with it. He is these guys stick together. They stay together. You probably put two guys in a room. So you start to know your brothers. Not just that. You start to eat together as a team. You got your morning breakfast because you're eating. All everyone's there. Everyone's checking in. And you get some. You get a little bit more. Get to know your brother a little, just a little bit more. You start to understand, hey, what's what, what's going to be our journey? And I think this is good for the team. I think it comes at a great time just off of win and knowing now that, hey, look, we're going to take care of business in Carolina, guys. Let's take care of this business. And then we got another team next week that, you know, I think that's a very, very winnable game as well. So I look at this situation as this travel that they're going to have a, a great time to bond, a great time to get together, a great time to unify. So I think it's tremendous for the team and the coaching staff, Larry, because of the fact they're so together, eating together, living together, understanding that, look, I can't go home, go pay bills, do other things. I'm not with my wife, not with my significant other. I'm with my brothers. And this is this is this is only what six months out of the year. I'm happy I'm here. I like it. Um, before we get your final prediction on this thing, let's remind everybody, Kyle Madsen and Alan Stiles will be with you for Niner postgame. As soon as the clock strikes zero, you know, throw it right to 95-7 the game. Uh, Kyle Madsen and Alan Stiles will take your phone calls uh, at 888-957-9570. They'll talk all about this matchup for hours after it. So make sure you catch Kyle Madsen and Alan Stiles in the postgame. Thanks to Craig. Thanks to Chris, who have helped us out here uh, during the uh, during the pregame show. Two hours, man. Two hours have gone by. Yeah, I know. I know. In, in the absolute blink of an eye. Niners looking to go to 3-2. and two. Trying to send Carolina to one and four. All right, let's get your final prediction on this thing. What what's the uh, the final score going to look like, Low? I mean, I, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you look at this and you say, well, the Niners' defense is so dominant, and the Panthers' offense is struggling so so uh, consistently that it's easy to predict Carolina with a low scoring total. But then you look over at the 49ers and you see they're 27th in the NFL and they're scoring 18 points a game. And Carolina, you know, they've got some good defensive players and they really do. We've mentioned Brian Burns, but Derek Brown is a tremendous player in the SEC. For I think he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, his final year in college. You got Ioannidis, who played at Temple, who's a tough guy. Uh, Yatir Gross-Matos from Penn State on that front. You got Shaq Thompson. You got J.C. Horn, who's a number one pick. Uh, you know, th- there's some good players on this defense for sure. Corey Littleton, the ex-Raider, is going to start uh, at linebacker, at middlebacker for Frankie Louvu, their leading tackler who's out. Give me your give me your final prediction on this thing. What, what what's yeah. the final score going to look like? What's the game going to look like? See, I, I don't I don't look at I look at the Carolina Panthers and I think offensively they're capable of scoring 10, 10 at the max against the defense. If offense don't turn the ball over, the San Francisco 49ers don't turn the ball over offensively, don't give them a short field and just play consistent football. I think that they can manufacture 10 points. So with that I give you 10 there for Carolina. I think they can get 10 on their own. Um, I think the Niners can get you 14, 14 to 17, field goal, two touchdowns, maybe a field goal. So I'd say 17, the Niners can do that. But then because of the defense, what the defense is going to get you a turnover here, a turnover there. So I think two, I think this team gets you two turnovers today. 
So with that being said, getting two turnovers, I think that leads to a uh, leads leads to six to seven more points. I think something like 24, 20, you know, 25, 26 to to maybe 10, 13 the highest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say 31, 10, 49ers. 31-10. Um, and I think it will be a defensive score from the 49ers. One other thing to factor in. Carolina's defense is 30th in the league in penalties committed. They've already committed 31 penalties. Wow. That's a lot. That bodes well for the Niners offense if the Niners offensively can remain disciplined. All right. Good stuff. Let's run down the, the, do uh, the scores here from the morning games before we uh, finish up. Some Bills, doozies out there. Bills 38-3 over the Steelers. Six minutes to play in that one from Buffalo. Uh, Chargers on top of the Browns, yeah. thirty to twenty-eight. Interception in the end zone. They're getting ready to score. Dem- uh, um, Browns are going in to score with two minutes left. Right. Throws in the end zone. Chargers intercept it and runs out. So they they were getting ready to score right there. At least the field goal too. Thirty to twenty-eight. Chargers on top of the two-minute warning. Patriots are shutting out. Uh, the Lions. What's uh, what does the head coach for the Lions say? I don't care if you got one ass cheek and <laughs> and three fingers. I'm going to try to kick your ass. Right. Well, the Patriots are kicking their ass. It's twenty nine nothing. Two twenty eight to play in the fourth. Saints look like they're taking down the Seahawks. It's thirty one twenty five. Actually, still nine minutes, almost ten minutes to play in that one. So that's not a final. But thirty one twenty five. Saints have the lead by six, and they have the football. Jets up thirty three seventeen on the Dolphins. Wow. Seven minutes. Minutes to play. Bucks up 21 15 now. Falcons have scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to make that closer. <laughs> and the Commanders are losing at home to the Titans 21 17. Texans have come back on the Jaguars in Jacksonville. They've just scored a touchdown. Texans have the ball. And they're up 13-6, and it looks like there's less than a minute to play. So it looks like the Texans may get the win in Jacksonville. All right, Lo, good stuff, man. Fast two good. hours. Always great to see you. You too, my guy. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your football Sunday on 95-7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.